today on It's Time. The more I see what comes out of our American media, the more I know that we are live fish against a completely dead stream. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of 1 John. So turn there in your Bible and join Pastor Mike. Okay, let the net down. And they brought in a load so big the nets began to break. The first time. Peter's reaction tells me something amazing. He said, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. It wasn't, whoa, look at these fish, that's really cool. How'd you do that? Why don't we start a fishing company? Jesus and Peter's, uh, Peter and Jesus, I don't know, you figured the name out. Peter and Jesus' fishing company, and, and we go, this is great. No, his reaction was, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. I believe he let that net down in complete mockery of what Jesus said. Fishing off the wrong side of your boat, you don't get any fish. Come on. And Peter's reaction was, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. And Jesus said, that's okay. From now on, you're going to be catching men. So you go to somebody that goes to church. All those different kind of fish that are out there. Ask them a question. If you died today, would you go to heaven? Great lure. It might even glow in the dark. I don't know. If you died today, would you go to heaven? I, I, I've asked this question hundreds of times. And only a true believer will ever answer it right. But they will say, I have done the best I can. See, that tells me a couple of really bad disconnects. One, they have a religion, not a relationship. Because a religion is always based on your performance. A relationship is based upon who you are. Do you get the difference? One, I'm trying to prove something. Number two, the other is I am something. That's why this is so important. Love is perfected among us, not has been, it is right now in you. Why is that? Because religion always leaves the person in fear. And there's torment in fear. Well, I've done the best I can. But you know, when you're in Christ, you abide in him. You say, hey, I go to heaven because Jesus is good. That's peace, friends. That's not the fear of, have I performed enough? Have I done enough good things to somehow impress God? That tells me you're outside the family of God. 
You're not in the family of God because if you're in the family, my little kids don't have to do anything to be my kids. They're my kids. Sometimes with dirty faces and they make messes. I don't even know how you can do it, but they do it. But they're my kids. But somebody outside, no matter what they do, will never be my kid. Now, this is why this is important. When we're born of him, we therefore cry, Abba, Father. We cry, Daddy. How do you know you're going to go to heaven? Because Jesus is my Father. Jesus, Jesus is everything. He's my Savior. Father is my Father. Hey, when I look at that, I realize a couple of things. I didn't earn it. He gave it to me. It isn't based upon my performance that I knew enough. I've done the best I can. God just says, you are my kid. Notice he says, love is perfected among us in that that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. When someone says, I've done the best I can, there's an element of fear there because they're not sure they did enough, which tells me they're not, they don't have a relationship with God. They might be trying to, but they don't because we are what we are, not because of what we do but what he has done for us. The gospel message is not what you should be doing. It is what God has done for you. We love him because he first loved us. I believe every Christian should memorize this verse when the devil comes along and does a couple of, tries to do a couple of one-twos on your nose, tries to give you a black eye. Remember, we love him because he first loved us. You say, well, why is that important? Again, God knowing all the dumb stuff all of us would do in this life, he still chose you and me to be on his team. I'm amazed by that. Can you say that? If you're a coach in the Super Bowl, I use this illustration a lot, but it's the best one I can think of. If you know in the last couple seconds of the game, you're going to snap the ball into the end zone and the guy that was going to catch it was going to drop it, would you have thrown the ball to that guy and let him drop it? No, you would have picked somebody else. And God knowing how many times we all drop the ball, (laughs) still keeps throwing it to us. I go, God... Don't you learn? God says, I see you differently and you see yourself. A guy named Gideon in the Old Testament. He was hiding from the Midianites. The Midianites were always a problem to the children of Israel. The Midianites were interestingly integrated into the Jewish culture. I think it's kind of funny because uh, the Jewish people would always say, Moses taught us. Well, it's interesting. Moses was first married to a woman named Zephora. And she was on the backside of a wilderness. I don't believe she was a believer because uh, when Moses went to tell Pharaoh, let my people go, God sought to kill him. People have often asked the question, how could God commission you to go do something for him and then try to kill you in the way doing what God's called you to do? It's because he didn't do the first things first. 
And one of the things, the covenants for the people of Israel were they were to circumcise their children. But Moses' children were not circumcised. And because they weren't circumcised, caused no fight to be in the home. So he comes back and they get into the discussion over circumcision. Zephora, his wife, circumcises their sons, throws the foreskins at... This is one of the weirdest... You know what weird things in the Bible? This is one of the weird things in the Bible, okay? She throws the foreskins at Moses and says, you're a bloody husband to me. Well, we find that finally they came back and they went, but then something happens to this vor. We don't hear about her anymore. And Moses marries a Midianite woman. And Moses, Moses, somewhere around 100 years old, has a kid with this Midianite woman, and they named him Midian. And yet the Midianites were always treacherous to the children of Israel. See, God has a way of causing us to be in situations that are uncomfortable so he can reveal his power to us so we can get through the tough times of life. There's no fear in love. I believe that this is one of a great indicator in, in a dating world. Well, if I don't do this uh, with my boyfriend or my girlfriend, they won't like me. That's fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. If someone says, I love God, hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he's seen, how can he love God who he's not seen? Again, going back, no one's seen God at any time. Why is that in there? Because God left us as his family to see. In other words, God reveals himself through his body. God reveals who we are personally through his body. In other words, if I see somebody in need, but I don't do anything to help them, God is revealing through his body my selfishness. If on the other hand, I see somebody in need and respond to their need, that shows that the love of God is truly working through us. Most churches are just Costco with a cross. I'm sorry, friends, they are. But God isn't looking for that. God isn't looking for a upper end yacht club. What he's looking for is people who truly care about each other, realizing the reflection of God within the body of Christ, that it reveals their need, but something greater and something I don't like. And this is why a lot of people don't go to church. It reveals the needs in my life. It exposes me. Do you know... Again, we can have an image of ourselves that is so skewed from who we really are. We can think we're really good. I do, I do this, I do that. Yeah, I'm the guy. Until you come to church. And in church, God, in that invisible, wonderful Holy Spirit, 
does something within us. And I'm talking not just coming into a building. I'm talking about where the Spirit of God dwells, where His Word is taught. In the body of Christ, it reveals to us. No one has seen God at any time, but yet He says this, If someone says, I love God, hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother who he has seen, how can he love God who he has not seen? And this is the commandment we've heard from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him who is begot also loves him who is begotten of him. And by this we know the love of God, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Oh, immediately you'll find the Judaizers jumping in and say, see, you got to keep the Ten Commandments. No, that isn't what it says. Let's Let's read carefully here. When we love his commandments, verse 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Wow, I know that's not talking about the Ten Commandments, because when the Gentiles started getting saved halfway through the book of Acts, they had a meeting in Jerusalem, and they said, now that the Gentiles are getting saved, what commandments are we going to place the believers, the Gentile believers under? And they said the Ten Commandments were burdensome and our forefathers couldn't keep them anyway. So what are the commandments of Christ? Well, they came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, what's the most important commandment? And Jesus said, to love God with their whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit, And he said, the second is likened unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. Upon these two, Jesus said, hang all the law and the prophets. Wow! Upon those two. Not ten, two. In fact, if you get the two right, you'll get the ten right. Because if you love God, you're not going to be using his name in vain. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to be stealing from him. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to be cutting him down behind his back. When you love your neighbor... You won't be covetous. If you love God, you're going to be putting them first upon these two, Jesus said. Hang all the law and the prophets. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. I like that. In other words, God changes us causes us to see who he is through his family, through his body, God knowing that we are misfits in this world. Friends, if you are fitting into this world, there's something wrong with your Christianity because we are live fish going against a dead stream. The more I look at the news, the more I see what comes out of Hollywood, the more I see what comes out of our American media, the more I know that we are live fish against a completely dead stream. Look what the world laughs at. Look what the world thinks is cool. What is right is wrong. What is wrong is right. The Bible warns us, wake up. 
Don't allow yourself to get swallowed into this. The body of Christ is so important. It is your protection. It will show you how you may help somebody else. It'll show you how they may help you. It will reveal things in you, friends, that sometimes, I got to tell you, we don't want to know. You might find yourself across the room from somebody you don't like. God's dealing with you. That's what God does in the body. You see, the Bible says, if you have something against somebody, you go to them privately and talk to them about it. Not In Vietnam, the American GIs took a real beating because of snipers. They'd be walking along and all of a sudden out of the bush, they'd just be getting shot at. They didn't even know there was the enemy around. Why is that? Because they weren't aware of it. And yet today we find that the same way. If you're not there to defend yourself, and I'll tell you, anytime anybody wants to talk about somebody else, I would invite you to just say, well, hey, I'm glad you brought their name up. Let's call them right now and get their side of the story. Oh, watch them contort in their face and go, well, I I really, you know, we really love them. No, you don't. You wouldn't be saying those things if you did. See, that's the problem. So not only, not only don't they love, they're liars as well. Like I say, challenge them sometime. You find somebody that's running somebody else down, say, well, you know what? I don't have their phone number, but I know somebody is. Let's call them and get their side. Watch them tweak. Man, I'll tell you, it's not what God's called us to be. We're his body. God reveals who he is through his body, reveals who we are through his body. No one has seen God at any time, but God has revealed himself through all of us. Wow. See, that's what God wants to do. You know, this morning is communion. And this is where Jesus was in that upper room with his closest, dearest disciples. And he said, how I've longed to break this bread with you. Because it was a complete fulfillment of what had happened when the death angel passed the land of Egypt when Moses led the children of Israel that were captive out of Egypt. They put the blood of the lamb on the door and on the lintel, right overhead, shape of a cross, And when the death angel saw it, he would not come into the house, but he passed over that house. And those that didn't believe, primarily the Egyptians, thought this was weird. The death angel went in and killed the firstborn of all of the land of Egypt, including Pharaoh's own child. And when you realize and look at this, you you look at Jesus saying, how I've longed to eat this with you, because Jesus is saying, I'm that lamb That when the blood is on your heart, the death angel, the final curtain will pass over you. You need that. I need that. I not only need that on the day that I die, but friends, I need that now. I need that death angel to stay away. You need that death angel to stay away. You want to come in and live in the fullness of who Jesus Christ is, where he gives life and that more abundantly. You know, I believe evangelism is at the very heart of God. I do. I I think God 
wants to reach this lost world for him. And sometimes when I go to bed at night, I go, God, show me new ways to reach people. And God will begin to reveal to you how to do that. Sometimes it'll be great and big. Sometimes it'll be as small as giving your next door neighbor a a bag of oranges or giving a, a, a friend a call that you haven't talked to for a long time. God wants to save this world. You are his child. Be about your father's business. Jesus said, I've longed to break this bread with you. And as often as you do this, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And he held up the cup and he said, this is my blood, which is shed for you. And he broke the bread and he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And he passed the bread around and then he passed the cup around. And he explained to them that he was the fulfillment. How anybody can look in the Old Testament and not see Jesus on every page to me is a spiritual blindness. In fact, Jesus said it this way, search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life, but they are actually which testify of me. God wants to reveal who he is to you. He wants to reveal who he is to the body. He wants to reveal who he is to the world through his body. Be part of that. Let God do that in your life. He will. Why? It's the very heart of God. So when a person is spirit-filled, what do you look for? Two things. (coughs) Boldness in Christ. I am who I am in Jesus. And the second is love. Love for God. Love for a great big lost world. And may God give all of you insight and inspiration in evangelism for a lost world. As he says here, his commandments are not grievous. They're not. They're not burdensome. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Because you become part of him. This morning, I just invite you, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, to pray and ask Jesus to show you what he wants you to do. We can spend our whole lives playing on the wrong side of the tracks. Or we can say, okay, God, I want to get serious with what you want. No, I can't see you, but I can see your family. And in your family is where I want you to show me what you want me to do. And God, show me who I am. Remember, if God ever shows you something about yourself and it's ugly, and usually you don't have to look very hard. Always know this, that God's grace is bigger than those ugly things who will make it right for you. I like that. In other words, God never points out a fault in your life that he won't fix it. I like that. We have a great fixer in heaven. This morning, you might need to get fixed by God. We're going to pray and then we'll have communion. Father, for every person listening, in this room, on the internet, around the world, we just ask you now that your Holy Spirit would come and fix us. That we would be about your business. Lord, for those that are in this room today that's saying, yes, I need to get right with you, God. 
I don't want to try to earn something you've already given me. I don't want to try to be something. Your word says I am something when I'm in you. I want to be in you today. And I believe your blood covered my sins and I am your child. So now, this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. And you make me the best I can be for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.